Hey, welcome to another episode of Utterly Unrelated. I'm Erin. And I'm Meg. And we have another interesting story for you today, but we will get to that in just a minute. So what's new in your universe that you wanted to let everyone know about that's this awesome and very cool? I got a grill. <laughs> it's the best thing in my life. Is it like a little one for indoors? No, this oh. is a big dick grill. <laughs> it, it's absurdly large. Uh, I got it on sale. I'm a sale queen. A science queen, I guess. And uh, so I picked it up and I... Okay, let me preface all of this by saying my car is a two-door Hyundai Accent hatchback (laughs) and my child and his car seat are very large they take up a bit over a quarter of the entire car so uh, I went to Walmart and or Bymart rather and I got the last grill it had a sign that said last one and it was on massive sale, but it was the last one, and it was on sale because it was fully assembled. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So, oh. I spent a good half hour, and by I, I mean my husband, spent a good half hour uh, unscrewing a lot of things oh, no. and putting all of the screws in our pockets. Oh. And uh, then by, by moonlight, I reassembled it on my porch, and uh, I still have like six or seven screws that oh, shit. hopefully are not important. <laughs> I know that they were important. I know that they went with it, you know. Uh, they weren't just extra ones that came in the box. There's no fucking box. And uh, let me tell you, though, those missing screws, they really make a difference because I feel that the steak is far tastier now. You know, I feel like you found a hack. I feel like, oh, yeah. like like those guys on that make a whole fucking career out of turning styrofoam into like a tampon. Like you found a hack. That is my five minute video. I love That's it. my five minute life hack. Oh my god! Take anything you own, <laughs> remove seven screws, <laughs> and it'll work so much better. Oh, I fucking love it, man! And it's like the end of it's the end of grilling season, so it's the perfect time yeah, exactly. to get it really well oiled before the winter. I'm an Oregonian, and so. There aren't really seasons for me. Yeah, yeah. Every season is grilling season because it's (laughs) fairly mild weather. I mean, rainy, albeit, but whatever. You know, that's so true. Like, as as a fellow Oregonian, yeah, we grill all the fucking time. Like, I remember it being snowy out and my husband was like... Well, I guess I just gotta go stand where the where the wind isn't blowing and light the grill, and that's like that's so Oregon, that's so appropriate. <laughs> You'll take out an umbrella to light the grill. That actually, this is another good thing. It's a gas grill. Oh, I don't ooh. have to wait for it to warm up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I let it warm up. I'm not a psychopath. I don't just throw a steak on a cold grill. Come yes. on. No one would be that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no one got banned from using their own grill for that. <laughs> you gotta let it warm up. For steaks, let it warm up to 500. Well, you're talking to someone who put a steak in a pan with a lid on it and then just turned it up to high that was my cooking style what was your end game in that you know i really like a well done steak it was sort of like chewing on ice 
you know, where you just really got to work. Real rubbery ass eyes. You got to work for it. And then when you finally are able to choke it down, it's like a victory. So, okay. <laughs> victory I, think that, I think that the ice you're referring to is those, you know, those little plastic ice cubes oh, God, yeah. that started in the 90s and they're still around sometimes. That was That's the ice that you're referring to. God. Yeah, it's it not necessarily made of water or edible things, <laughs> and you but know, you can chew on it. Well, and now that we and know, and that's the well done steak. See, and now <laughs> that we know about carcinogens, I gave myself a little bit of extra. Uh, I like to call it taste fluff. Might be cancer because <laughs> it's just blackened. Needless to say, I'm not allowed to cook the meat in my house anymore. <laughs> I cook a mean eggplant though. <laughs> Ooh, that's Which, useful. You know, it really is. Eggplants it's a useful skill. Yeah. Oh, they're delicious, and it's. It's really hard to not get it just bleh. Yes. yes. A bad eggplant any dish is <sighs> just it's, it's worse than a well done steak. <laughs> I'm the queen of bad food. Oh man. <laughs> so I have to say I think my thing this week, so we're both moms. We'll preface it with saying we're both moms, but we're not suck moms. We're cool moms. Unless you ask our kids. Unless you talk to our kids. And we're boy moms, which is apparently <laughs> hard to find because a lot I'm the only one I know with boys. I have two boys. Do you know anyone with boys? Uh, yes, I, I do. I have oh. one other friend who is a boy mom. And you know what? You would love her. Ooh. Oh, I, she's great. I would love to meet her. She's like six feet tall. Oh, my God. I need more. T- I am like five feet tall. So yeah. she could pick me up. She and can reach oh. every shelf. Oh, she can get all my stuff off the top shelf. Because like Effortlessly. I, I go to Costco and then I put stuff on the top, top shelf because I think I won't need it for a while. But then the kids ate all the fucking. You need to take oh, my yeah. friend Jess to, to Costco then. I like it. Yeah. I need a Costco friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my thing this week has definitely been there are Halloween. There are Halloween themed fruit snacks, which doesn't sound like a big deal until you have two kids who don't fucking eat anything except they will eat those little ghosty fruit snacks and for just like a just a little while they don't bitch they don't moan they don't complain they don't ask me to change the channel they just happily eat their little haunted fruit snacks and for like 10 minutes a day I get a break and I can like scroll through my phone and not have to be on the toilet and there it's it's brilliant so that's my thing for the week do they have black bats oh my god they do have black what bats. flavor is it it's grape which Fuck was yes it was you know I don't know why I was expecting anything but grape so good and they had it at Costco and I bought a fucking Costco sized box of it and yeah I mean like after they kicked in they were little monsters but if, I yeah, got, worth it. Come on. It was so worth it. I got peace You put quiet. your peace on layaway. It's fine. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, I wanted to do a deep dive into a total son of a bitch. I'll put it that way. Um, this is someone. So when I was, oh my God, way, way fucking younger and I was in film school, I used to do this fun thing. And if you're from Portland or if you've been to Portland or if you know about Portland, you might know about Cinema 21 on 21st and Burnside. Oh, they'd play obscure, not obscure, well, kind of obscure, oh, like yes. art house style films. Yeah, I yeah. saw I saw a really fucked up movie there one time about, uh, it was on a first date, about a guy who got stuck in a windshield. The wiper was like <laughs> in, in between his rib. It, it was a fucked up movie. I think it's called Stuck, actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, anyone you talk to when you're like, Cinema 21, they're like, I saw a fucked up movie. <laughs> totally. They used to show the Spike and Mike film festivals there. The oh, sick and twisted. What? Yeah. So good. <laughs> so I remember 
going to this movie. So I went through this stage where I was like, I'm just going to go see movies by myself because that's the most grown up thing I can think to do. And like, <laughs> like maybe eat by myself and definitely go see a movie by myself. And in 1999, I went to see the Errol Morris documentary, which I don't know why I said that. That's he only makes documentaries. Like literally <laughs> only makes documentaries. I went to see the movie <laughs> Mr. Death, The Rise and Fall of Fred A. Luker. Lecter. Depending on who you're talking to, they pronounce it different. It's spelled German. L-E-U-C-H-T-E-R. And some people call him Lecter, Luker. It yeah, it definitely depends on who you're talking to. Now, in the beginning of the movie, and I love this movie, and you should watch it. You can actually watch it for free. We can put up the link for it if you want to see it. It's only an hour and a half long, um, but now it's it's part of the film archive. And I was a film I was in film school as a film student. I wanted to be a filmmaker, and so um, I went and saw this and. And it was just, it blew my fucking mind. Because it was like, it was one of those movies where you start it and you're like, I know what this movie's about. I confidently know what I paid to see this movie about. And you get halfway into it and you're like, what the fuck is this movie about? <laughs> this is the weirdest movie ever. Um, so Fred Luker was born uh, February 7th in 1943 in Malden, Massachusetts. He has the most badass Massachusetts accent, along with like the craziest set of... I'm going to say Massachusetts teeth. <laughs> um, I'm sorry if you're from Massachusetts. I don't know why. The teeth and the voice, they go together. Like, swimmingly. do they have lots of gaps or the opposite the of lots? Op of, like, so they're like Steve many. Buscemi teeth. Totally. There's too many of them there. It seems crowded. They're all kind of aggressive. And they definitely hate Westerners. Like... West His teeth hate Westerners. They seem like it. I get that vibe. <laughs> His teeth are just real <laughs> aggressive toward liberals. It might be what I'm. It might be just what I'm uh, inferring. But I really feel like his teeth wouldn't like me. I mean, I've seen some teeth and I'm like, those are some xenophobic ass teeth right there. Right? Sometimes you're like, God, you really hate little people right you? like what is you your know? thing against people from india totally see that's weird yeah Trumpers. you can always tell a person by their teeth i mm -hmm. mean it's a, it's definitely an art not a science um <laughs> but it's there um so he's this he i'm gonna say he's objectively tiny he looks very small and mousy um they stood him next to what i would call a regular adult man and he is dwarfed by him. He's very... Like David Sedaris size? Ooh, more like a David... Oh my god, what's his last name? Holy shit, Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. He's like Joe Dirt. He is Joe Dirt, but he's from Massachusetts. <laughs> David Spade? David Spade, right? David Spade doesn't at all have teeth that are aggressive against liberals. I know, I know. If he's... anything, I would venture to say that his teeth are that of a chill person. I think they are very liberal-friendly teeth. Yes. But yes. the stature of Fred Luger is very, I would say... So just very, a slight build. A very small man, a smallish man. Lilliputant. Him and I would be eye-to-eye, -eye, I do believe. So he's a Shetland fellow. <laughs> he is a Shetland. He, yes, he is a very Shetland fellow. Um, he's got big glasses and a giant smile full of liberal-hating teeth. <laughs> um, he probably didn't get the vaccine. Um, I mean, all that I'm seeing is just David Sedaris with the teeth of Nosferatu. <laughs> that is my mental image at this point. Now I'm going to be an asshole and I'm going to show you a picture of him. He's obviously not smiling. 
He doesn't have his. his I mean, I'm ant- not altogether wrong. He looks kind of like um, like if you took Dan Florak and you put him in a shrinky dink machine and you gave him some liberal hating teeth and some like real big glasses. It's you're yeah you're it's true it's true. I found a picture of the teeth. It's not zoomed in. But whoa, I mean, yeah, his teeth are real conservative. They do. They are antifa I mean, the, His yes. teeth are antifa. His teeth <laughs> are antifa. antifa. Holy shit, that's the best thing I've heard. Uh, hands down, we just won the best podcast award. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, that makes me so happy. And you can go to utterlyunrelated.com and buy your antifa gear. <laughs> yes, you, coming soon. Um, yes, your Antifa merch. That's yes. brilliant. Um, <laughs> so um, the reason his teeth are so jacked up, I'm sure, is partly genetic, but it's partly that he smokes six packs of cigarettes a day, according to him. He says he drinks 40 cups of, 40 cups of coffee and smokes six packs of cigarettes okay, a day. Okay, but keep in mind, he's a very small person, so his version of a cup is the tiny espresso cup. One gets in France. It's a little tiny the tea idiot. He actually only really drinks one pot of coffee. Oh my God, you're right. But if you drink one pot of coffee, one shot glass at a time, and you call each shot glass a cup, <laughs> then yeah, you absolutely drink 40 cups of coffee. Oh my God. And in the movie, the coffee cups look normal size. Yeah, because his hands are tiny. Because his hands are tiny. Have you seen Andre the Giant hold like a big beer? That it is. looks like me holding one of those tiny, like, half cans, <laughs> you know? It totally does. Yeah, it's it all t- about perspective, does. friends. That's true. Yeah. And he is still alive as of today. Whoa. As of 2021, he is still alive. For some people, the 40 cups of coffee, a.k.a. one pot, and the six packs a day work. Um, apparently, you have to be anti-Semitic for that to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to get real deep into his anti-Semitism. I feel like that's what's keeping him alive. Um yeah, I've known people to stay alive several years on hatred alone, really. <laughs> hatred and spite. That's oh probably going to yeah. be all that fuels me. And salt. I yeah. feel like salt's going to get me through many years. Salty snacks, for sure. Mm. I mean, I'm salty enough, realistically. <laughs> but yeah, after after my son gets of age and my husband dies, I will resume smoking. Oh, oh, me too. Yes. We both quit smoking for our kids. But I mean, I quit smoking because it was expensive in Washington State, but I kept oh. quit smoking. For my kid, because I don't want him to be disappointed in me. I feel bad. I shouldn't have just assumed that's why you quit. I'm oh sorry. no, I quit initially because I'm a cheap person. Oh, see, I'm I, very cheap. I smoked right up until I got that positive on the pregnancy test, and then I was like, "Well, that was fun." Fifteen <laughs> years. <laughs> it was a great couple of decades, friends. It was good times. <laughs> um, so, in the 1940s and 50s, when he was like ages four to sixteen, he would go with his father, Fred Senior, to work, um, and his father father worked in the Massachusetts prison systems. Now, don't get too excited because he didn't do anything fun like, you know, the delousing or the smacking of people with pots or whatever they did back then. Um, <laughs> oh, I remember that game as a child. <laughs> remember that? Just the- <laughs> the smacking people with pots. We called it smack the pots. Oh, my God. Yeah. Classic 80s game. Know, you know right? you're an 80s child. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but his dad was the superintendent of transportation. Wah, wah. Um, but he said that... He- For some reason, little Freddie Jr., (laughs) he would just hang out in the death chamber. He would just hang out in the death chamber. Um, Now, he does claim that he got to hang out with all the prisoners and they would teach him like how to cheat at cards or whatever. I don't I don't believe it for a second. Like they don't they don't 
Even in the 50s, they didn't let toddlers just, like, go hang out with prisoners. I don't... Well... It was in Massachusetts. Ooh. And he had aggressive teeth. He was very tiny. He could have slid through the bars. Okay, I... You know why he was tiny? (laughs) Six packs of smokes a day. And eight thimbles of coffee. (laughs) I retract my previous statement. Yeah, I believe that's him. why I'm only like five feet tall. I started smoking when I was like 10. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he said that uh, because he would hang out in the death chamber, he would he would sit in the chair and he'd be like, Daddy, look at me. And I picture him in little short pants yeah. and stuff. You know, like, look at me, Daddy. I'm in the bed chair. And um, there was a rumor that anyone that sat in this particular electric chair would be cursed. Um, he said that very laughingly in the movie, but he is, in fact, very cursed. Um, his life is in shambles in the movie. I'm assuming it didn't get a lot better from there because based on my deep Googling, um, he sort of just... <laughs> like a fart in the wind, he just kind of disappeared. Um, so I'm assuming that the curse is very real. Uh, but in 1964, he went to Boston University and got a Bachelor's of Arts degree. Um, the most useful of degrees. Absolutely. Second only to theology. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in 1979, he started Fred, I'm just going to say Lecter because it makes me happier. Uh, Fred Lecter Associates, through which uh, he sold several services to the states to help them maintain, improve, document, and ascertain the effectiveness of their capital punishment equipment. Hence the name Mr. Death. He never got, he never went for the full doctorate he did not so he uh not only (laughs) so not only did he not get his doctorate he didn't get his bachelor's (laughs) he didn't know anything about anything except he sat in the big chair when he was little and he thought to himself i could do this better um so for some reason in tennessee the warden of the prison there will call him carl I don't know what his right. name was. We'll just call him Carl. He called him up and he said, hey, Carl, it's, I got a way that we can execute criminals more efficiently. And Carl was like, it's Tuesday. I just took a dump. I got nothing better going on. Let's do this. Um, now, he stresses, Fred Lecter stresses that he did this as a humanitarian because he wanted to provide a greater respect for the process of, of the human being being executed. That sounds really noble it sounds like a good thing because people before that they were just sort of they were getting fried willy-nilly you know like they didn't they hadn't figured out to put the sponge on the head first and so their eyeballs were just sort of popping out and they were still alive and it was really horrible and graphic um and he went in he was like hey i can do better because i've uh i guess i guess because he's thought about it a lot i don't really know what he said um, they probably just smiled them. and they were like, those teeth, <laughs> those teeth, yes. they would not do me wrong. <laughs> um, and so he went in and he was, uh, he was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And he did it. And it, it successfully killed a prisoner. And he was like, whoa, I'm it. I'm it. I'm the dude. Give me all the money and all of the contracts. Um, he went to New Jersey and as they say, he aggressively solicited his business. I think he might have bit some people or something. <laughs> um, and he was charging $30,000 for each one of his um, improvements. That's a lot of fucking money ever, especially in 1985. Um, so in the beginning of the movie, he demonstrates his electric chair. Um, he doesn't really talk about too much how his is better than others. Um, he says there's two jolts of current. One destroys the person's central nervous system. The next one floods the body with adrenaline and um, the heart 
can't pump everything and then they're dead. Um, so he says uh, that this is, you know, the most effective way to kill a person. I mean, maybe. I, I also didn't go to school for death chamber economics. I don't know. I a little <laughs> did. Ooh. I mean, I, I went to school a little for nursing. Yeah. Oh. So oh, it yeah. makes a little bit of sense that they would want to destroy the nervous system initially, and that would be more of a humanitarian act because then, you know, no nervous system, no no nerves, no feels. And then sense. after that, they would just be flooded with uh, with death. Yeah. So, I mean, I, could, I can understand, like, the basic functions of it, but... I also have come up with a side a side plot Ooh. on this. The reason that his teeth are like that. <laughs> uh, so you've seen Red Dragon. I have. Oh. Okay. So oh. I think <laughs> all of the cigarettes and coffee, because he, he, he looks like a black coffee guy, but he was a little kid when he was drinking his little thimbles of coffee, so they probably had lots of sugar in them. Completely degraded his teeth. He took one tooth from each prisoner he executed up until he got to about 56. The regular mouth only fits like 30-some, so... So he made himself a set of, like, red dragon dentures? Yes. Oh, my God, I fucking love it. But it's not like he took an incisor from an inmate and put it where the incisor goes. No. <laughs> no, he, no, he had a canine <laughs> where an incisor goes. He, it, it, it was, It's bedlam. His teeth oh. are bedlam. You know, it might, at this point, sound like we are maybe not such nice people. But believe I'm me. I'm a shit person. But, th- but this... I'm I'm also trash as a person, but this guy fucking deserves it. I promise. Just hang in there. We'll get there. He really does deserve it. Um, so he complains that the chairs of the time were being built by electricians, quote unquote, and inmates who had no idea what they were doing. Like, uh, I mean, him either. I mean, it makes but, sense. It tracks. Yeah, it guess. sounds right. Um, so he came <laughs> in and was like, listen, I got you. Um, I used to hang out on cell block A. I mean... You know, do you, you know, know Vinny? Do you me know too. Vinny? Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. His, his daughter? Yeah, totally. Grammar school. Yeah, Catherine. Um, <laughs> oh, what a bitch. Right? And he's like, um, yeah, and that chair, I fucking, I sat in that shit when I was little. And um, also it's like an encyclopedia that talks about like death and stuff. So I know what I'm doing. Um, so, um, so some idiot who ran the prison in Tennessee was like, yeah, dude, okay, show me. And he was like, wait right there. I'll be right back. Let me go build this. <laughs> Hold my thimble of coffee, sir. Right? So he built this chair that succeeded in killing someone and uh, started calling himself an engineer. And he was like, well, I fucking engineered this chair. I bet I could do lethal injections. I mean, it's not that different. So he made lethal injections more efficient, uh, according to him. And then he was like, ooh, hangings. I've seen those. I'm going to fix your fucking gallows. Whoa. Finally roll the dice. He's getting all these government contracts. He's making fucking hand over fist money. And finally he's like, gas chambers. I got this. I know what to do with a gas chamber. I know the best way to kill someone in a gas chamber. And I thought he was going to take the high road and make a fart joke. I was let down. He did not. (laughs) No fart joke to be found. Um, So... (laughs) In 1988, he's hanging out, he's smoking his cigarettes, he's drinking his black coffee, he's per- he's perfecting his look, his teeth in the mirror. <laughs> he's getting that nice patina. <laughs> he is. Um, when he gets a call from someone he's never heard of. And he's like, well, I talk to people, this is fine, I don't need to know anymore. Um, <laughs> this guy's like, hey, uh, I'm Bill Armantrout, I'm a lawyer in uh, the big city of Jefferson City, Missouri, and... Um, 
you know, I heard about you at the Missouri State Pen. Um, and, you know, like, do you, do you want to hang out and make some money? And he's like, I like money. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Um, so the guy's like, we'll give you, we'll give you cash. We'll give you $30,000. You just come do some science for us and testify in court. And, like, no big deal, you know? Like, you're an expert. We need an expert. <laughs> you're a self-proclaimed engineer. Totally. The, your teeth look very, like, anti-Semitic and trustworthy. <laughs> right. And so he's like, cool. I don't need to know anymore. Let's do it. And so um, it turns out that the lawyer represented a man named Ernst Zundel, uh, a German on trial in Canada for publishing Holocaust denial materials. Real gem. Um, yes. Now, this is the 80s, so it was still, I mean, people weren't big on on human rights necessarily or, like, you know, people didn't love the Jewish community then, but this was still, it was still fucked up. Like, Well, and, okay, so Holocaust denial in the 80s would be similar to 9-11 denial now. It'd be like, oh, mm -hmm. the, the Twin Towers, they never collapsed. Totally. Or birds aren't real. Like, that's a yes. fucking thing. That's a thing. I right? know, right? Totally. That's exactly what it it's, is. Yeah, that's like that's like denying that the Twin Towers collapsed at all. Yeah. And so the lawyer, he was like, I'm going to book you a trip. All expenses paid. You bring your wife. Uh, we need a camera guy, a translator. Uh, do you have any buddies that you want to just, like, bring along and do, like, science with you? And he's like, oh, yeah, where are we going? He's like, fucking, you're going to Auschwitz. And Lecter's like, oh, yeah, I've heard of Auschwitz. Um, <laughs> that obscure place. Yeah. I think I've read of it once. Like, yeah, cool. No further questions. Oh, no further God. questions. Either. I've got cash in hand. I'm going to Auschwitz. You talked about gas chambers. I'm sure it'll all work out, right? So <laughs> um, so they they went to Poland. Uh, now everything was documented on video, and in the documentary, you can watch the video that he made when he was at Auschwitz. Now, let's be very clear: he was there to prove for the defense that there were no there were no Holocaust related gas chambers. Um, the science, the quote unquote science that he used to prove this was: uh, he took a chisel and a hammer, and he snuck into this protected like national historic landmark and he fucking dodged the security guards and he chiseled away taking samples of bricks and rock and anything else where he could he was like oh maybe we can do science on this dirt clod i'll take it so he takes the rocks he shoves them into a plastic bag not marking where they came from not you know i'm pulling them out of puddles of water um like 40 years after toward totally all, yeah he has no background on Auschwitz. He has no understanding of anything engineering-wise. Well, he's a self-proclaimed engineer, yes. which is tantamount to making up one's own name. I, I am like, a self-proclaimed Michelin star chef with my fucking steak of doom. <laughs> so uh, uh, as a self-proclaimed special person, I can totally justify a certain amount of this, but yeah, um, but that's pretty fucking serious. It's pretty serious. He took paint scrapings. Um, he does a walkthrough for the camera, explaining that since the buildings have been untouched since the '40s, he doesn't see any signs of exhaust. The look on your face is priceless because that was the look on my face. That is the bullshit look. Bullshit. They haven't been touched. They have been touched a billion fucking times. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's it's a fucking national monument, friends. Oh, yeah. 
so he says, well, there's no exhaust fans. There's no pipes. Yeah, that's um, the fucking point. There was no exhaust fans. Right? <laughs> what did, did he expect that, oh, the poison's going on. Let's turn the exhaust on. Don't oh. want to kill him too fast. What the fuck is yeah. he thinking? I think he's, he thought there would be a sign that said gas chamber this way. Um, <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. Now, had he bothered to go to the archives building, which held all the plans, evidence, and correspondence from everything related to Auschwitz, which was located somewhere else. Um, he would have seen that the buildings have been changed dramatically since the 1940s. If he really wanted to go and test the material that made up and constructed the gas chambers, he would have had better luck going and chipping out brick at the apartment complexes all around Auschwitz because they repurposed everything. Um, and they used it to build new buildings. And so he might have even found the letters that went from the Nazis to the engineers who designed the fucking gas chambers, explaining they needed doors that were sealed airtight. They needed an exhaust system on the outside so they didn't actually poison, accidentally poison themselves. And he would know that the Nazis, yes, they never used the word gas chamber. Um, but, like, we know their code. We know the Nazi code. Like, the, we broke it. Um, and they have a letter where a commander was like, we need more fans for the gas chambers. Uh, I mean, happy rooms. Ignore the first part of what I just said. So, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Going back to the repurposing of the rooms, they they turned the gas chambers into apartments? What they did is they demolished the gas chambers and they used the bricks that made up the walls of the gas chamber to construct the housing that exists there today. That, that is, people currently live people in. People live in. It is so fucking bleak. Hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. It's Poland. Um, they got some real aggressive teeth over they there, They do. Huh? They have aggressive teeth. I, I feel like maybe maybe they didn't have much money. I don't know. It is terrifying to think of, though, right? But there's still people. There's still. still yeah, no, there's still people. All right. There's just families and children. And, and, and I they know? They might not know. They might know. It was a little iffy. It was a, it was a little shady. There's no fucking way that that's not haunted as hell. Oh, it's so haunted. It's got Oh, be. it's so haunted. I'm surprised they didn't catch ghosts on his fucking janky-ass science video that he filmed. Right. <laughs> like, it could have been Zach Bagans in there going, Ghost to the left! <laughs> you know? And he'd be like, it was, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it's not a ghost, it's just a lack of exhaust fans. <laughs> right? Oh, well, there's what no the ghost fuck? here because there's no exhaust fan. So he wanders in like a fucking child. He is like, like he walks in on two people fucking and he's like, this looks like what the horsies do. You must be two horses. <laughs> okay, science proves it. You're horses now. I mean, it's like so fucking deluded. Um, so. <sighs> so fucking guy, this fucking guy. Oh my God, I know. So he takes the samples and he hides them inside his dirty laundry because he knows you can't just go to Auschwitz and take rocks and stick them in bags and take them across the border. So he smuggles all of the things home and he sends them to a lab with the only instructions being analyzed for signs of cyanide gas. They didn't tell the lab where the, where the samples came from um, or what part of a structure they were. They just said, look for signs of cyanide gas. Like I, and I, I vaguely understand why they would do that because in this very, very tiny part of the entire thing, I can see that they are trying to not taint the evidence. D yes. Yeah, definitely. But he, he has good intentions. He's a fucking idiot, He's though. a fucking idiot. And so... Um, so they come back and they're like, well, we don't 
actually see any cyanide on these. So we don't know what they are, but there's no signs of cyanide. So he goes, hell yeah. What's the half-life of cyanide, though? That's the interesting part. So, um, and I have it written down here. So he came back and he wrote the um, the Lecter report and submitted the evidence to a judge. And the judge was like, for real? You're dumb as shit. You're not, (laughs) you're not, uh, you're, you're not qualified. Like this can't be, this can't be evidence. Um, so Zundel is promptly found guilty and the lab explains that, um, I have it in here somewhere. The lab, finally, they explained, okay, um, if, if they had known that the samples were, um, from bricks, the cyanide only penetrates, like I put a squinch, which is a scientific measurement of like a quarter of a pubic hair. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. A squinch is just a tiny bit. Um, and he sent them core samples. Oh. So um, there's no way that they would have found anything anyway, even if he had done everything correctly and gotten like the, the actual correct bricks um, and taken core samples from them, they never would have shown anything. But like everyone knows there were gas chambers. Like we, we know That's, it. That was their fucking deal. That was their whole deal. And so uh, this Zundel guy who paid him to go do this was found guilty. And then Freddie comes home and he's like, Hey guys, I got some money. You want to go have some beers? And everyone's like, go fucking die. <laughs> go kill yourself. And he's like, wait, what? No, I just, I did a job. I made some money. Let's go get some burgers. They're like, dude, fuck yourself. You know, like you are a Holocaust denier. You're, you're trash. Like you're trash. So, okay. Generally in my life, I try to not attribute to, I try to not attribute things to like somebody just doing it maliciously. I, I believe most people are just stupid as fuck. Yeah. Like, was this something that he just did because he's a fucking idiot or something that he did because his teeth told him to? <laughs> so there's some conflicting evidence. Um, he himself says, I have lots of friends who are Jewish. Then he stops and he goes, a classic fucking it. Yeah. Right? Then he stops and he's like, well, I, I used to, I used to have lots of friends who are Jewish. <laughs> did they um, all tell him to fuck off? They did. Oh, no one certain- His wife left him. Ah! Everyone canceled their government contracts with him. And um, and he's like, everyone talks about it. They're like, this guy is so stupid. It's sad how stupid he is. Like, some people, because the only way that he could make money after everyone disowned him, after he came home, was to go speak at white supremacist rallies. Ah, gross. Yeah. Come on. And all of the white supremacists adopted this this report that he wrote about how there were no gas chambers. Oh, and so. Part of him is stupid. The other part of him is just a a white guy making money off the backs of a tragedy. And uh, it's um, so there. I guess the answer is maybe. Maybe he's shit. Maybe he's not. Either way, he's very stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, those are not the <laughs> actions of the smart person. Yeah, he definitely has no, not a bone of curiosity in his body. Um, and the only thing I could find um, that he has said about his time there was never that he regretted what he did. Never that he was like, I really wish I hadn't gone in there and then tied myself to this Holocaust denier. No, the only thing that he ever said was, um, I wish there hadn't been the misunderstanding of my intentions. 
My intentions were to go there and do science. I mean, every time I get up, my intentions are to not be an asshole, but I don't succeed at that very often. I rarely deliver at that. Yeah, I mean, really. So intentions are great and everything, but when when at the end of the day you've been a part of this disgusting, deplorable sea of disinformation like you have to take some responsibility oh absolutely so i think that um, and a person could possibly pivot from that definitely there is there's oj oj lives in las vegas and people buy him drinks so like there's if oj can bounce back i think anybody can well, i mean i don't know if he bounces back necessarily people just enjoy yeah. being fame adjacent but oh, like that's true i mean like it, people, it wouldn't have taken a whole lot for this dude to just backpedal a bit and be like wrong i was wrong Oopsies. you know I'm, I'm kind of a dummy i'm not a geologist i'm i'm not a geologist i'm yes. a self-proclaimed engineer yes that's true yes. and i did make up my own name <laughs> white fang is what i prefer to be called now <laughs> you guys you have to see this we'll we'll post it on oh, our yeah. instagram you've got to see he likely team. wears fedoras Ooh, he probably yeah. says some real cringe shit definitely but <laughs> this goes out to all of the Holocaust deniers who are listening, of which I'm sure there are many. Uh, it's never too late to just be like, I was wrong. Yeah. Totally. I was wrong. The Holocaust happened. We, I was wrong. We will give you a hug. Maybe a donut for it's debatable. admitting it. You know? For admitting it, I will give you a long distance donut. Yeah. Yeah. A hug's a bit much. Hugs, hugs too much. Aaron will give you a hug. <laughs> I'll give you a finger hug. Like, I'll waggle my nah. finger at you from afar, and you can do... No, that's even too much. That's I'm too not going to send positive energy, but no. I'll send you a coupon for you know something. I won't shit on your lawn. How about that? <laughs> if you are a Holocaust denier, and you flip it and reverse it and change your ways, I just won't shit on your lawn. I won't actively wish death on you. Yeah. I think that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and so that is the story, the very twisting, turning, odd story of Mr. Death, who started out as a death chamber aficionado and turned into a Holocaust denier. The story has as many twists and turns as do his teeth. It does. Oh, the teeth. Oh, the fucking teeth. Yeah the fucking teeth so fucking teeth. <laughs> so until next thursday you can find us on all the socials you can listen to my other podcasts the movie maven podcast or the sleepy knots podcast if you want to know about movies or some weird sleep stories um and we've got some really great shows coming up for you some really exciting merch opportunities um so stick around and and see what we might educate you on you might never have ever heard about this otherwise so until next time. <laughs>